Hey, welcome back. That was an incredible time of worship where we were just able to spill out the thanksgiving of our heart on the Lord. Listen, wherever you're watching today, we want to give you a huge welcome. And uh, we've got people watching from all over the world and all over the country. And we're so thankful that you've come to join us for this uh, time together today. My name's Andy Elms. I'm a lead pastor of Family Church. I want to look at a very simple message today, but also a very profound one, one that sends out a very strong invitation and challenge to us. If you've got your Bibles with you, if you could turn them to the book of Luke, chapter 19. I'm going to start reading in verse 28. Like I said, this is a very, very simple message. But if we can hear what God's saying in this message to us today, our lives will be richer, but also other lives around us will be affected too. I'm going to pick up reading in verse 28. And it's the story of the triumphant entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. Actually, it's the moments just before where he's looking for a vehicle. And in those days, they didn't have cars or motorbikes or cycles. It was mules. It was donkeys. And Jesus was looking for a suitable vehicle to carry him into this great city of Jerusalem. And it says in verse 28, after Jesus had said this to them, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. As he approached uh, Bethany uh, at the hill of the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, Go to the village that's just ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here to me. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Tell them, the Lord has need of it. Those who were sent ahead went and found out it was just as he told them, as they were untying the colt. Its owners asked them this very honest question. Why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord has need of it. They brought it to Jesus and threw their cloaks on the colt and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people began to spread out their cloaks on the road. When he came near to the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles that they'd seen. They began to declare Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. This is one of my favourite accounts in the Bible that gives us almost a realistic glimpse into what it was like to be a disciple, a follower of Jesus in that time. It certainly wasn't boring. You never knew what was going to happen each day. Each morning when you woke up and you looked across the embers of the fire, that burnt the night before, suddenly Jesus would awake or maybe he was awake first and he would say, "Okay, guys, today we're going to do this. And every new day there was a new challenge. Listen, people have often said to me, don't you get bored uh, working for God? I say, no, because I'm not working for God. I'm walking with Jesus. And when you walk with Jesus, there's always a new experience. There's always something exciting happening. So in this day, none of the guys saw this coming. He says to two of them, listen, we're about to go into Jerusalem. I need a vehicle. You two go into that village just ahead and you will see a colt that's tied up. There's a vehicle prepared for me there. It's tied up. And when you begin to untie it, if somebody comes and says, what are you doing with my donkey? Now, now, just think about what the disciples were thinking at this moment. Jesus had come to them and said, go to that village There's a donkey there. 
untie it and bring it to me. Maybe in their minds they were like, isn't that stealing? They didn't realise that Jesus obviously had a prearranged idea or a prearranged plan with the owner of that donkey. And Jesus says, when somebody comes out and says to you, um, why are you taking my donkey? It's simple. Just say to them, the Lord has need of it. Now, that seems a great statement to us reading the Bible all these years later. But imagine if you were one of these disciples. So, okay, Lord, you want me to go into this village. You want me to untie a donkey that's there. And when a stranger comes out who's going to think I'm stealing his donkey, you just want me to look him in the eyes and say, the Lord has need of it and everything's going to be all right. And Jesus said, yeah, exactly. And when you untie it, bring it back to me and uh, then we'll begin to use it for the purpose of carrying me into Jerusalem. So we see these disciples and this must have been hysterical as they're walking towards the village. Come on, don't be scared to colour the Bible in. These were really things that happened involving real people, just like you and me. And these two disciples begin to enter this village. And as they enter the village, there's this donkey tied up. Just like Jesus had said. And uh, one of the disciples must have nudged the other one and say, well, you go and get it. And, and the other one must have, well, no, 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 you go and get it. And eventually one of them steps forward and begins to untie the donkey. And as he's untying it, the door flies open and out comes this guy who's wondering, why are these people stealing my donkey? Just like if you were to look out of your front door and somebody was getting into your car. This guy said, what's going on? So he says to them, what are you doing untying my donkey? Now, I know God's got a great sense of humour. Whenever he does things with me, it's never normal. And I don't believe that this guy that came out was like a little peanut of a guy, like a little four foot guy. I think he was huge. I think he had like overalls or dungarees on with a mullet running down his back with a tattoo that said Jerusalem Football Club. I reckon he was huge. I reckon he was a man monster. And he comes out and he says, because sometimes you can read the Bible and imagine this little guy coming out. Wait, what are you doing with my donkey? Now, I reckon the guy was huge, gigantic, mullet down his back, overalls, dungarees, tattoo. And he comes out and says, Oi, what are you doing with my donkey? And all they've got to work with is this little statement. The Lord has need of it. Suddenly that statement didn't seem as big as what it once did. And I reckon this disciple standing there holding this donkey, the guy standing there, mullet blowing in the wind, the other disciples probably behind a bush laughing his face off. And he looks at this guy and he just thinks to himself, I hope this works. He looks at the guy in the eyes and says, the Lord has need of it. And the air stops, it all goes quiet. And the guy turns around, ah, oh, it's for Jesus. Go ahead, take the donkey. It's been waiting for him. It's been prepared for him. And suddenly they walk off back with the donkey. And at that moment, the other disciple that was probably hiding came out of a bush. And uh, I can just see the disciple that untied the, the donkey saying, oh, no, oh, no, when we get back, Jesus is going to hear about how you hid in the bush. Who knows what happens? It's a hilarious story to imagine how this actually worked out. I don't know about you, but I would have been using that statement all the way home. I would have thought, wow, that statement works. The Lord has need of it. I would have popped into the local pizza place or McDonald's or should we call it McDavid's and, and gone in there and said, I'll have a double burger, please. The Lord has need of it. Yep, load it on the donkey or into a place where they did fine leather shoes. I'll have eight pairs of those shoes because imagine he could have taken a whole shop back to Jesus and opened a little store, but he would have kept using this statement. Oh, the Lord has need of it. Like a credit card, like an American Express. I'll have the pizza, I'll have the shoes, I'll have the leather jacket. The Lord has need of it. We know that they didn't do that. That's just my imagination going places it probably shouldn't go. But they take the donkey 
and they bring it back to Jesus. And they say, here you go, Jesus, here's the donkey that you asked us to get. Here's the vehicle that you asked us to get. Now, this is really important because they put their cloaks on the donkey. And then it says that they put Jesus on the donkey and they began to walk towards Jerusalem to this incredible entrance moment where on one side of the road you had people who had been touched by the the very real power of God and their lives were changed. And they were screaming, Hosanna, Hosanna. But the Bible records a little bit later on, on the other side of the street, you had the Pharisee, the Sadducee, the couldn't see, the wouldn't see. And they were just sitting there going, it's too loud. But Jesus never pandered to their, it's too loud. He said, listen, if these people don't scream out in celebration, the very stones on the ground, Jesus never said, could you turn it down, boys? offending the religious he said turn it up these guys understand this moment but stay with me for a moment I don't want to talk about the disciples I don't really want to talk about Jesus I don't want to talk about the Pharisees the Sadducees or the welcoming crowd I want to talk for you uh, to you for a few moments about the donkey because the donkey had a part to play in this and what I want to put to you today is that Jesus didn't just set the donkey free because Jesus had a soft spot in his heart for donkeys I don't believe that Jesus went, oh, I've heard about another donkey that's not being treated very well. And I've got a green hill far away that donkeys are taken care of. Go and loose the donkey and take him to the donkey shelter so that donkey can be okay. I don't believe that Jesus loosed that donkey uh, because he had a soft spot in his heart for donkeys. Now, listen to me. I believe that Jesus loosed that donkey because Jesus had a plan for that donkey's life. A plan that was such a privileged plan. That donkey who started his day eating hay, walking round in circles, tied to a post, would get to carry Jesus, the presence of God, into what was the greatest city of that time or one of the greatest cities of that time, Jerusalem in Israel. Now, again, just bear with me in a little folly this morning. Let's just look at this moment through the eyes of that donkey or the experience or the perspective of that donkey. Now, I know that the donkey probably wasn't thinking this stuff, but let's just go there. Stay with me for a moment because there's a point that I'm trying to make. You see, Jesus sent his message carried by his messengers and it was a message of freedom. It was a message that said, we're going to untie this donkey. We're going to set this donkey free. Not because Jesus wants to take it to a donkey sanctuary and take care of it because it's not been treated well, but because Jesus has got a purpose for that donkey. Now, don't get me wrong. That donkey must have thought this is amazing as suddenly he was brought into this incredible freedom that he'd never known. Because, again, let's look at this through the eyes of a donkey. It had woken up that morning and that morning had been like any other morning. It woke up and it was tied to a pole. Um, It couldn't go where it wanted to go. It couldn't do what it wanted to do. It spent the morning walking around to the left and then it would have some hay and then it would spend the next day or the afternoon walking around to the right. It was the same as the day before and the same as the day before that and probably the same as the month before that. This donkey had a life that was very contained, very restricted and he was bound to a pole. 
And then suddenly the message of Jesus comes carried by the disciples and their message liberates this donkey. Suddenly this donkey is untied by the things that once held it. Come on, you know where I'm going with this. This donkey is untied from the thing that once held it and it's set free. It's no longer captive. It's no longer a slave to that pole. It's no longer restricted. Now it's free to go anywhere and everywhere. But what I want to put to you is this, that it's a wonderful story that Jesus set that donkey free. But what's a greater story is this, that Jesus set that donkey free because Jesus had a purpose for that donkey's life. Listen, in the same way, Jesus has set us free. Yes, so that we can have freedom, don't get me wrong, but also because he's got a purpose for our life. We need to understand in this moment in time that we're living where the world is filled with confusion, worry, anxiety, fear. We're the answer. The church of Jesus Christ, the body of Christ, is the answer. We have the answer and the answer is Jesus. People need Jesus, but people need to know about Jesus. We need to realise that our lives, like this donkey, are to carry Jesus into places that he wants to go. Now, maybe you're a person that says, well, I just want him to set me free so I can be free. That's okay. My question to you is, but what are you going to do with your freedom? You see, freedom is a beautiful gift, but Jesus has a purpose for your freedom that will actually bring you a fulfillment that's beyond what your freedom can bring you. Now, I love it that Jesus picks a donkey. Think about that for a moment. Um, If some of us were in charge, we would have picked a stallion, maybe that that stallion that's used in the Lloyd's Bank advert or another stallion that we've seen in a costume drama that, that carried, you know, Lord Poldark or, or one of these other characters in a play we've watched. Maybe we would have chosen a stallion that was strong and, and shiny, uh, either a, 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 a black stallion or a white stallion with, with a beautiful coat. Jesus chose a donkey. Now, isn't it interesting that when you look at a donkey today, still today, 2,000 years later, you look at the back of a donkey and there's a cross on its back. I don't know if you knew that. But if you look at the back of a donkey, there's a cross that's on the back of a donkey. Um, Now, you've got to understand a donkey, its meaning is beast of burden. It was made, its purpose is to carry things. And this donkey had the incredible privilege of carrying the most expensive and valuable package that any donkey had ever carried. Here's the good news, if you don't mind me comparing you and me to donkeys today, we have the privilege to carry Jesus. You see, many people get wrapped up in their freedom. I was bound and now I'm free. I was restricted and he let me go. I was once tied to this pole and Jesus let me go. Yes, he did, praise God for that. But you've been freed for a purpose. And right now I believe that there's a sound that's going throughout the earth. The Lord has need of you. You had need of him and he came and he met your need. Now the Lord has need of you. He needs you to be a soul winner. He needs you, he needs you to be a carrier of his presence. He needs you to bring him into the homes of your friends and family. Why? So that he can set them free also. I love it, like I said, that Jesus picks a donkey. Many of us would have picked a stallion. But Jesus knew that sometimes there's issues with stallions and it's called ego. And what would have happened if he'd picked a stallion? Um, he, maybe he would be going through the gates of Jerusalem. And in that moment, as he's going through the gates of Jerusalem, 
suddenly the crowd start roaring, Jesus, Jesus, son of God, son of David. And, 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 and the stallion for a blinding moment thinks that all the praise is about him because he's a stallion. And all of a sudden, whoo, he rears up and Jesus falls off the back and hits the floor. That wouldn't have been a good um, story to record in Luke 19. You see, sometimes stallions have a problem and it's called ego. We've seen too many stallions in Christianity prancing around stages displaying their ego. That day is so gone. That is so last year. You know what Jesus is looking for today? Not stallions. Oh, if you're a stallion, he'll use you too. But I don't know about you. When I look at a stallion, I'm left with the thought, I can't do that. I can't be that. But when I look at a donkey, there's something in my heart that says, yeah, I can be one of those for you, Lord. You see, Jesus isn't looking for stallions. If you look at Christianity over the last 10, 20 years, there's been too many stallions. There's been too much ego. There's been too much exalting of man and the glorification of man and his talents and his skills. It's a new day. This is a day where we're just going to live to lift Jesus high and take Jesus into the homes of our friends and families, into the places, our colleges, our universities, our workplaces that Jesus wants to go. Listen, we can't change lives, but the one we represent, the one our life's carry really can so when I look at a donkey I'm not insulted maybe you're watching today going is he calling me a donkey yes I am I'm paralleling your life I'm not calling you a donkey I'm paralleling your life and today I want to take an offering you say we've already done the offering no no I've got another offering I want to close with today and it's a donkey offering I want to know if there's anyone that's watching today that will say Jesus I'm just like that donkey you know you set me free but now I want to use my freedom for you Jesus, when I read through the Bible, it says that you bore your back for me. You bared your back that they would whip it and scourge it for my sin. Now let me offer my back to you. You say, but I can't do what other people do. God knows what you can do. And what Jesus will do, he will use your life to take him somewhere that he knows that you can take him. He's not looking for your ability. He's looking for your availability. Come on, we're living in an hour where the world needs to know Jesus saves. The world's still filled with religious people that moan about the sound. We need to give this world, we need to give our friends and family, not the the morbid groans of religion with its dust and its smells, but the living sound of a Jesus that changes lives. You know, when I look at this donkey, I think of me. You know, sometimes I hear people's testimonies and they're like, so extravagant. Mine, Mine really isn't. Um, Sometimes I hear people's testimonies about who they were when God found them. And it's almost like you, it's like, wow, the kingdom of God must have been thankful it got you. What would it have done without you? That's not my storyline. And I know that's not the storyline of many people that are watching today. You know, when Jesus came into my life, my life was both broken and it was bound. I was tied. I was addicted. I was hung up. I was broken. I was, I was needing help. When I remember the Andy Elms that Jesus found and sent the message through his, his messengers and his preachers of that time that set me free, I look back for a moment and I don't see a glorious stallion that said, OK, Jesus, what's the job offer? I see a, a man whose life, I was broken. I didn't know how to love. I didn't know how to live. I didn't know how to treat people. Everything I touched was the opposite to the Midas touch. If you know the story of the Midas touch, everything he touched, turned to gold I had the dung touch everything I touched turned to manure because my heart was corrupt I was 
bound to this. I was bound to that. I was out of control. I needed freedom. Then one day, the message of the gospel was carried into my life by a faithful servant. His name was Archie Biddle. I was nine years old. And then later on, the Lord sent somebody to get me back when I'd gone astray. But these faithful messengers didn't sit on their blessed assurance and say, well, I'm going to heaven. I'm okay." They cared that someone else needed to come in. They saw a broken donkey tied to a pole and they said, I don't know how he's going to respond, Jesus, but I'm going to tell him what you are offering him today. I'm so thankful. I remember being in a meeting when somebody preached. His name was Billy Joe Doughty. He preached a gospel message and I was in such brokenness. I've been backslidden for eight years. I was again broken and destroyed. And I heard this guy preach and suddenly my heart lit up and I said I want Jesus more than I want any other only Jesus can help me only Jesus can sort me out and you know that's exactly what he did we need to realize that it's not for American preachers Australian preachers celebrity preachers God's looking for you and me to say Jesus you've set my life free now use my life to carry you into the homes of people just like you used the life of someone years ago to bring your message of freedom into mine. Oh, when I look back on the life I was living, in my deceptive thinking, in my, in my deception, I thought it was really good. But when I look back now, I was just a man tied to a pole. I was bound to addictions. I was bound to habits. I was a man that got up in the morning and went round one way in the afternoon, went round the other way. There was no freedom in my life. Because like the Bible says, who the sun sets free is free indeed. True freedom is found only in Christ and through the message that he brings into our world. Think about it for a moment. Who was the donkey that carried Jesus to you? Maybe it was an old preacher in the church that you grew up with. Maybe it was someone in the workplace. Maybe it was someone in school that, that didn't care that you were going to insult them. They cared that you would have an eternity with God more than their own fears. And they came into your world and they said, let's tell you about Jesus. They answered your questions about Jesus. If God sent a donkey to reach you, then surely now he wants our lives, the lives of those who have been reached, to now be his donkeys that take his message of salvation into the world of another. I can't be a stallion, but God doesn't want me to be a stallion. I can be a donkey. I'm a donkey that Jesus Christ set free. He set me free. He gave me my life back. And you know what? He's not going to make me do anything. If I was a donkey that just said, well, thank you very much for my freedom, Jesus. Now I'm just going to end my days enjoying my freedom. It's about me and my wife and our kids. And that's about it. Who cares what's going on in the world? You know, Jesus wouldn't love me any less. I would miss out on a purpose that he's got for my life. Listen, don't miss out on the purpose that God has. Yes, the purpose of your freedom was that you would experience freedom. But there's another purpose. There's another purpose that God wants to use your life to bring his freedom into the lives of others. Just like Jesus sent the disciples with that simple message, the Lord has need of you. So I bring that message to you today. The Lord has need of you. He's inviting us to join him in this great commission, this commission where we join him. Oh, he's the saviour, but we get to carry him. He's the life changer, but we're the vehicle that he wants to use. Come on, what could be more exciting than being on commission with Jesus Christ to see other people set free? Well, I don't know. 
Christianity is so boring. No, you're boring. Christianity isn't boring. The Bible never said you must be bored again. It said you must be born again. But Christianity becomes boring when it comes all about you. When you stop caring that other people will go into a lost eternity, you're saved and everything's okay. That's when Christianity gets boring. That's when you become a boring Christian. You want to get your zing back? Then offer your back like a donkey to Jesus and say, Lord, you know what I can do and what I can't do. Would you use my life? To bring your salvation into the world of others. God's looking for us to take us, take him somewhere he wants to go. You say, but my life's not that, that dramatic. No, Jesus wants to go there. Come on, give me your postcode right now. Yeah, Jesus wants to go there. S-O- yeah, Jesus wants to go there. Give me the name of your university right now. Huh, that's funny. Jesus wants to go there. The name of your school. Oh, You're kidding me. Jesus wants to go there. Jesus wants to go to your school, your college, your university, your workplace, your community, your city, your town, your village. But he needs someone that will co-mission with him. Now, don't get me wrong. Like I said, the saving bit belongs to him. Somebody got upset with my whole initiative on Soul Winner and said to me, oh, how dare you say that you can save someone? My response is I didn't. On the front of a book, I said, let me teach you everything you need to know to lead another person to Jesus. It doesn't say we can save you. It says we lead you to Jesus and he can gloriously save you. Listen, Jesus is looking for people to carry him. He's looking for people to carry his message. We get the commission with Jesus. Come on. You want Christianity to be exciting? Your Christianity got boring? You want to get the zing back? Then start telling some other people about Jesus. Start getting some stories. Experience that moment when you get to pray with someone and they receive Christ. That's when the zing comes back within you. That's when the life begins to flow. Because when Christianity comes all about us being set free from a pole and that's the end of it, my goodness, we're missing out on the main story when we're living in the mere content page of what God intended. Come on, am I firing you up today? God's looking for donkeys. We're going to take a donkey offering in a minute right across this broadcast in every family church home and every person watching in America, Australia, Europe. God's going to take a donkey offering and he's looking for a person like you. It doesn't matter how old you are. There's another account of this story that I love so much. In another account, in another gospel, it says, untie the donkey and the young colt that's with it. You see, the plan of God to, to use our lives isn't just for the old and those who have reached a point of maturity. It's for the children too. Come on, let's teach, let's teach our children how to carry Jesus. Let's teach our children. It's not just about us older donkeys. It's about let's teach the young colts how to carry Jesus, not religion. You see, a donkey can carry a lot of things. It can carry books of philosophy. It can carry books of religion. Jesus doesn't want us to carry those things. He wants us to carry him, his presence. Who was Jesus? Jesus was the son of God. He is the son of God. Jesus was the very physical presence of God, the anointing of God on the earth. Today, his Holy Spirit, his presence is in us. The presence of Jesus Christ is in our lives. And he wants us to be a people that go and take that presence to others. Come on, you've heard me say before that the word co is an incredible word. It means inclusion. It means to be a part of. We love to speak about how he's the vine and we're the branch because then we have a coexistence with him. We love to talk about our co-crucifixion, that when, when Christ was crucified, like it says in Romans 6, my old man was crucified with him. We love to talk about co-heirship. Oh, the Lord has made me an heir to the Father and a joint heir to the Son. But let's not forget there's also a commission. Jesus is saying, work with me, partner with me, walk with me, 
Let me use your life to bring the same good news of the gospel that saved you into the world of others. I suppose this breaks down a simple question. Are we going to be just a donkey that enjoys our freedom and that's about it? Or are we going to be a donkey that says, like me, thank you, Jesus. I remember what I was when you sent your message that saved into my world. I can remember that day, Jesus, when you untied me from the pole. You broke the monotony of going around in the same old circles. You cut the rope and you set me free. That would have been enough, Jesus. But then I turn around and they're wanting you to ride on my life to reach the lives of others. Maybe you watch this and you say, well, it's all right for you, Andy. You're an evangelist or a pastor. No, 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 no. Excuses, excuses, excuses. Come out from behind those boulders. Every one of us is a soul winner. It doesn't matter if we have the opportunity to preach Jesus on a stage and see thousands saved. Or we get to introduce Jesus to the one in our school, our workplace, our family, our neighbourhood. Everyone's equal. Do we understand the value of the worth of a soul? The Bible says, what does it profit a man if he gain the whole world? What does it profit a man if he gains the applause of the whole world? What does it profit a man if we live in the light of eternity, if he gains all the wealth of the world, the favour of the world, if he makes it to X Factor and gets the applause? Of, what, what does it profit a man if he gains all of that but loses his soul? Listen, what we're dealing with here is the soul of man. The Bible then carries on and says, what can be exchanged for the soul of a man? The answer is very simple. Absolutely nothing. If you're living in the light of eternity, you realise that one day when this day ends, another day begins that lasts forever. And in that day, a person will spend eternity joined to God and enjoying his paradise. Or separated from God and experiencing an eternal hell and separation from everything that's good and kind and lovely and pure. We've got to take this seriously, my friends. Like I said, we don't save anyone, but we allow Jesus to ride our lives like faithful donkeys. He's not looking for stallions with ego anymore. He's looking for faithful donkeys. I hope you're not insulted that I'm comparing you to a donkey. I'm not insulted. I'm like, Jesus, that's exactly what I was when you found me. But I'm so thankful that others rejected me. Others walked away from me. Others gave up on me, but you never did. You came in and you set me free. You broke the monotony of the circles I was living in that I thought was life. You brought me into the abundance of life that's only found in you. But then you turned around and said, hey, do you want to work with me now, Andy, to see others saved, set free, delivered and healed? My response was that of a simple, faithful donkey. Yes, please, Jesus. I remember when I came to the Lord, I didn't have nothing to offer. I didn't have education. I didn't have a nice testimony. Everything about my life wasn't good. And I remember kneeling at an altar 30 years ago. And I said, well, God, I don't really know what I've got to offer you. You say you want to use my life. I don't really know what I've got to offer you. And this is my exact prayer. Lord, two things you gave me. You gave me a big mouth and a vivid imagination. If you can do anything with them, they're, all, they're yours all of my days. Now, if you look back over the last 30 years, he certainly used my big mouth and my vivid imagination. 
and he continues to use them. God didn't want from me what I couldn't give. He didn't want to send me where I shouldn't go. He was just looking for a person that would say, Lord, I hear the conversation of heaven, just like the prophet of old, where once again, you're talking amongst yourself in the trinity of who you are. Who shall we send? Who shall we send? Who shall we send? The response of the prophet, here I am, Lord, send me. Will you give that response to the Lord today? Maybe you're watching today and you've never given your life to Jesus. Then this message today is a little bit different for you, isn't it? I am that donkey carrying Jesus today, coming into your living room, coming into your workplace, saying there's a better way to live. There's a kingdom life that will blow you away. There's a God that never stopped loving you, has always loved you and wants you to be a part of his family. If you don't know Jesus or you've drifted from Jesus, I'm that donkey carrying him today, coming into your world via the TV, the camera, the television, your gadget, saying God's got a plan for you. God wants to set you free and give you a purpose, not just worth living for, but worth dying for. But maybe you're watching today and you say, yeah, Andy, I'm a Christian. And to be honest, you know what? It has been about me and mine. I know I'm saved and I know if I, if I die and go to heaven, if I die, I will go to heaven. I've got a perfect assurance of that. That's wonderful. Don't get me wrong, that's wonderful. But how can we sit upon an assurance of everlasting life and not tell others about it also? There's just something not right about that. Oh, but I'm afraid. No, no, power of the Holy Spirit will be greater than any fear that you've got. I don't know if I can do it. No, 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 God doesn't want your ability. He wants your availability. It's amazing what God does through people that just say, all right, Lord, if you want to use my life to bring your anointing, your power, your salvation, your freedom into a life of another, you've got it. You bore your back for me. Now I bear my back to carry you. My friends, this is the day of the donkey. This is the moment where soul winners are not pastors or celebrities on stage doing meetings once a week. Now God's bringing evangelism from the stage to the lifestyle of every believer. Bear with me in this thought as I close. You know, Jesus said of himself, unless a grain of wheat fall to the ground and die, it remains alone. It says, but if it falls to the ground and dies, it will multiply and come back a mighty harvest. What if, what if, what if, in this moment when we've seen church as we've known it, our meetings, I mean, closed, the gates closed, the doors closed. What if in this moment we have the opportunity to move evangelism, bring in the message of Jesus to others from a moment in our meeting, a special conference we put on that involves a stage to the lifestyle of everyone that's a follower of Jesus Christ? What if, just like Jesus said, Unless my life, singular, a grain of wheat, fall to the ground, it will never become multiplied. What if in this moment we looked at evangelism as we've done it? Now, don't get me wrong. We've seen loads of people saved through how we've done evangelism in family church. But what if we were to take that seed of how we'd done evangelism and said, Lord, now we sow that into the ground. And our heart is that it would die and something better would break through the ground. 
What if the next chapter of our evangelism is lifestyle? Where we start to get people that have been untied by Jesus to carry Jesus into the worlds that I can't go. Into the worlds that are unique to you. That's why I wrote the book Soul Winner. It was to mobilise an army of Jesus followers to reach others with the message that sets them free. Two prayers today. I'm going to pray firstly for anyone that doesn't know Jesus, that's been away from God, but maybe got themselves all tied up again. And we're going to believe that as you respond and give your life back to Jesus, freedom comes to your home and to your life today. But then I'm going to, at the end, I'm going to pray a prayer. It's going to be a donkey offering. Not taking an offering involving money or debit cards, you. God wants you. People say, well, uh, you know, I'm not sure if I should give my money to the Lord. What? what are you even on about? He wants you to get in the offering bucket. He wants you to bring your life and say, Lord, I am a donkey that you set free. And now I'm a donkey that wants to carry you into the world of others. So let's pray firstly for those who are watching and you've never given your life to Jesus or you've been away from Jesus. As I say amen at the end, you say amen if that's you and the prayer will be your prayer also. Heaven will hear it and the Bible says you'll be born again in that very moment. Heavenly Father, thank you that you sent Jesus Christ to die on a cross for me. He died on a cross for me and as me. He took the old man I was and brought it to a conclusion that a new life could begin. Thank you that your blood is greater than any sin I've committed. Thank you that your blood is payment for the forgiveness of my every sin. Jesus, today I take my eyes off of me and I place my eyes on you. I call you saviour and I believe that you died on a cross to save my life and to give me a brand new beginning. Thank you, Jesus, I receive that brand new beginning. Now fill me with your Holy Spirit so that my life is new and fresh and alive again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, that's all heaven needs. Well, what about Hail Marys? No, no, mate, they're made up by men. What about all, no, no, it's all made up by men. All Jesus needs is you to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that you believe he's the son of God and the saviour of the world. If you did that, I'd love to hear from you. Write me an email at andy at family.church. Seriously, write me an email. Let me know you've come back to Jesus today or you've given your life to Jesus today. All right, I said I've got one more prayer for you. This is for every Christian, every believer that's watching now. And you say, there was a day in my past where the message of Jesus was carried by another into my world. And it set me free. It untied me from the pole. It delivered me from addiction. It gave me joy where I had misery. It gave me hope where I had fear. It gave me an assurance of eternal life wherever, where there was once only question marks. Come on, now Jesus is saying, will you now allow a second part of the plan? Will you allow me to use your life and ride upon your life into the world of others that need me just like you did? Again, he knows what you can do. He knows what you can't. He knows what you're capable of. He knows what you're not. He's going to give you the Holy Spirit. He's given you the Holy Spirit to make you that witness you need to be. He'll give you everything you need, but he can't, he can't make you do it. That's something that just like the woman with the alabaster jar that we spoke of earlier, you need to bring to his feet. All across the country today, all across England and America, family church, everyone else is a part of our journey. If you pray this prayer, he'll take you seriously and you'll begin to know his presence 
leading you into the world of others that desperately need him. Look around, my friends. Look at your neighbours. Look at the news. Watch the news. Look around. People are desperate. How can we stay quiet? How can we make what we found in God our little secret that we enjoy? That's just pure selfishness. The world needs us to be that bright shining light that's not hidden under a bucket, but rather a city on the hill. Rather they insult us and one day go to heaven, then they pat us on the back and never experience eternity. This is our day, this is our moment. I'm taking up an offering right now. I'm passing around this huge bucket right now. Don't want your money, I want you. I want you to get in it and say, Jesus, I will be a donkey. Use my life. Use the freedom that you gave me. I take the freedom that you gave me and I give it back to you. But just one or two or ten or a thousand or a million would meet you too. If that's you, I want you to close your eyes with me right now. We're going to pray a prayer together. I'm going to pray it again over my life because I think sometimes I'm a bit too quiet when I shouldn't be as well. Jesus, thank you that you set me free. You stepped into my world where when religion couldn't help me. You stepped in and you liberated my life. Now I take this life that's been liberated and I put it back in the offering basket. And I say, Jesus, I thank you that in this donkey offering, I'm in. Use my life. You know what I can do and what I can't, what I'm scared of, what I'm bold with, what I'm not. Use my life, Jesus, to bring your presence and your message into the lives of others that need it. Today I put my life, it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, I put my life into the offering bucket and say, Jesus, feel free to use the life of this donkey. Lord, if you have need of it, then it's yours. Amen. Amen. He's going to do it. This week, you're going to have opportunities. This week, he's going to open doors for conversations. Come on, that's why we're training ourselves to be soul winners. So that when we get those moments... We bring to them that incredible message beyond any message that sets a person free, not just for this life, but for all eternity. The Lord bless you. See you next week.